So a- anime is the animation, the show that you see on TV, and manga is the comic that you read. You know that they、uh, print out, or you know you can read online, or things like that. The voice you just heard belongs to Alondra Lopez. Hi,、uh, my name is Alondra Lopez, and I'm a comic book artist and illustrator. Who met with me over Zoom in the stay-at-home quarantine of 2020 to teach me about the process of making comic books, illustrating tips for using Patreon, and creating a community of comic book artists. I'm your host, Liz Christensen, and it's all in the telling. Welcome to episode 42 with my guest Alondra Lopez. Alondra mentioned that the way she introduced herself for this episode was similar to the introductions for her videos, which begged the question: What videos do you do?、Uh, for my Patreons, short videos, kind of going over like the projects that I'm doing and things like that. I haven't done many, so like I'm still kind of awkward at it. How long have you been on Patreon? Uh, when did I start? I think I started in like December. Okay, that's not that's not super long. What do you think of it so far? I really like it personally.、Um, I think I have like nine patrons right now, so it's been kind of slow. I haven't gotten any new ones, but as far as like the support that I've gotten so far, I really liked it. At first, I was like, I felt like I wasn't creating enough content, but I had actually gotten feedback that you know I was creating just enough. Like I should probably. Like take a rest sometimes, and so as far as like feedback and support, I've I've really been enjoying it, honestly. Do you have any tips for people who haven't tried Patreon before and are thinking about it? Yeah, a friend had recently asked me about it.、Um, he was asking some questions about it, and、uh, what I let him know is、uh, you'll want to figure out your tiers. So pretty much the tiers are what you're going to offer for like someone that. Is on like a two dollar tier. What you're gonna provide for that tier,、uh, and if you're gonna be able to sustain that. For me, I do like shoutouts for tier twos. For tier fives, I do like、uh, the videos that I've been doing. I do sketchbook tours, and then for tier ten, which is a little higher, but I do have some people on that tier that get like illustrations. Whenever I do、uh, an illustration, I'll send them a high res. Illustration that I've been working on, and so yeah, and then also having like a video、uh, beforehand, kind of just to promote and just try to promote a good amount before you launch, so that you can at least have you know some people come on there, and then others will see. Oh well, they have a few followers, so you know that'll encourage new people to to start、uh, supporting also. Okay, that's that's cool.、Mm-hmm. Talk to me about. Your style as a as an illustrator, because it seems like your comic that I the freelance and afraid is it is very different in terms of its aesthetic than some of the anime stuff I've seen you do. Yeah,、um, I do tend to like have different styles, and really I just go with like what I feel is going to work for the piece. So for the daily comic ones, I definitely didn't want to go with something very detailed because I knew I had to create them quickly. So I just went with something very simple. I really like the no outline look, so I was like, you know what, I want to try that, and so I went with that style for the daily comics. But like for my illustrations, 
I do have a lot of different styles. I do have like one specific style that I do for more detailed stuff, uh, like my comics, the the one shot comics and like bigger illustration pieces. But I do like exploring other styles. And so I have a tendency to kind of change my style as far as what the illustration needs. And so, yeah, I do. I do have a few different styles in there. What made you decide to become a freelancer and what does your work look like? Like, where is it coming from? How do you organize your day? Does that make sense? Like what's your, what's your workflow and, and why did you choose this? So I chose it because, so especially living in Salt Lake, there aren't a lot of opportunities for illustration freelancers, especially like compared to like California and things like that. You know, I kind of just wanted to put down roots where I live. I didn't want to move. And so as far as like where I'm getting work right now, I'm really, I'm barely starting. So, so I'm not getting a lot of work. Uh, I'm doing mostly what I want to do. And so that's working on my comics and uh, the daily comics and the one-shot comics that I've been doing. I have gotten some commission work, but I would like to get some more. Uh, But right now, uh, I've only gotten a few pieces. As far as my schedule every day, uh, I try to get up around like 7 or 8. And pretty much when I was doing the daily comics, I would do those first in the morning, get those finished, do storyboards for like two or three more days of that. And then uh, I would get started on my one-shot comics, whichever project I was working on that time, and get as much as I could done, uh, as I could there. Then I would head off to my part-time job, because I do still have a part-time job that is also sustaining me. What is the difference between storyboarding and comic making? So storyboards are like the framework of something before it goes into production. So with storyboarding, like if you're making a movie or if you're doing like any animation or anything like that, before you get someone to spend a bunch of hours producing said thing, like you'd really want to get storyboards done before that so that everyone knows where the camera is going, what's the lighting, the actions, the frames. Uh, So storyboards are pretty important as far as like uh, animation, videos, and those sort of productions. And also, obviously, comics also. We do storyboards for that. Yeah, that's that's the part I think that surprises me. Do your comics end up looking very different from your storyboards? Because it seems like a storyboard lends itself really well to a comic so is it just sort of like the quick version or like a rough draft and then more like a final draft yeah so well and it doesn't look as far as far as like what's going to be in the frame there's usually not too big of a difference it's the detail so like uh, the storyboards will have will usually just look like doodles honestly for me because I already know kind of what's going to go in them a lot of the storyboards are just loose drawings They're really just putting down the idea of what's going to be in that frame. And obviously some people will have a different amount of 
detail that they'll put in their storyboards. Me, personally, I don't spend too much time in making them look sharp or anything like that. I really just draw them loosely just so that I know the idea of them. Then I get started on the main pages, sketching those out and then inking those and going from there. Uh, but yeah, my storyboards are very just loose drawings of what I want in the in the panels. Talk to me about the order of operations for making a comic. Are you coming up with sketches first? Or are you coming up with the story? Or like, does a frame strike you and you're just like, I this image and this moment and I'm going to build everything around it? So for me, it really depends on the story. So sometimes I'll get really excited about a certain plot that I found out in my in my head. I made up in my head. And I'm like, okay, I'd like to start a story on that. And so I'll do a little bit of writing just to make sure, okay, what do I want my story to be about? And then I'll start working on the characters, which is probably the most fun for me. I really like uh, character designing and coming up with characters. So I'll do that next after I've done like a bit of writing. And then I'll start on the storyboards. Uh, After that, I'll um, start on the sketches and then inking, coloring, and then putting in all of that type and things like that. So I'll figure out the script when I'm doing the storyboards uh, and I'll figure out what's going to go in each bubble. And then at the end, I fill in all the bubbles and that's pretty much the process that I take to make the comic. Which part is the most time intensive step for you? For me, I think it's the inking because I've talked to a lot of different people about this, but inking to me is probably the least favorite to do when I'm doing a comic. So for me, I just take forever to do inking. What I really like doing is the storyboarding. And so I really like taking time in the storyboard. So it might be a little time consuming, but I don't I don't mind it because I know if I have a good storyboard, then everything else is going to come together. But inking. Inking is what takes the longest, and if I could, I would have someone else do it, but (laughs) that's probably what takes the most time. This is probably a really ignorant question on my part, but um, I know very little about comics, (laughs) so that's where that's coming from. (laughs) But um, I only start. I recently started reading them with my daughter. I don't think I even read them, like, at any point prior to maybe 2020. Mm -hmm. I, oh, there was a couple I read for a friend in like 2019, but really this is, this is new for me as a genre. So it's really exciting um, to learn about new stuff, but how, how is inking not coloring? Like, Mm. like, I mean, like the, like the coloring I did in school as a kid and with coloring books. So yeah. And using that example, honestly, so, you know, when you get the coloring book, right. And it's all blank, but there's just lines there, right? So everything's outlined for you to color in. That's the process of inking. It's getting everything ready for putting in the color. Is it called inking? Yeah, yeah, it does. Is it called inking because like back in the day you were using inks and we just keep it that name even if it's digital now? I've heard some people use different terms for it. I use inking and it might be the wrong term. I'm really not a term person, but um, (laughs) some people use line, line work. I've heard that. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. 
I just call it inking. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Which came first for you? Like the, well, that's probably, never mind. That's probably a really dumb and obvious question. Talk to me about when you and a pencil and a piece of paper became mm-hmm. more than that for you. Like now you're using Photoshop and you're uploading to to um, platforms. Like what? Mm-hmm. how do you get from somebody who draws on paper for fun to somebody who's like, I'm going to actually do this other stuff that involves these other skill sets? Some of them are technical. Hmm. I honestly didn't start until I got out of high school, I think. In high school, I had made a, I think it was like a hundred page comic. And honestly, I was still using pen and paper, scanning everything in, and then doing a little bit on the computer. I didn't use much. And then I got the book together and I had gotten an online publisher and we got it all printed out and everything like that. Honestly, I didn't start using Photoshop and uh, start publishing on webtoons and things like that until like probably like three, four years ago when I started college and I started learning a little bit more about the programs like Photoshop. So yeah, it hasn't been that long for me. And honestly, sometimes I miss using, you know, well, just pen and paper. But the big advantage about using programs uh, like Photoshop and anything, everything like that one, it'll make you more organized. Um, you have all your files there. And two, it'll save you a lot of money. You don't have to keep buying sketchbooks, pens, get really expensive sometimes, especially if they're like high quality pens and things like that. You don't have to buy materials. And so it saves you a lot of money. Obviously, you still have to pay a monthly amount for the programs, but I feel like it's a lot less than the materials you'd use to buy all of your, or sorry, the amount that you'd use to buy all your materials. That's another big advantage. And then just another one on top of it is time to go back and erase something takes a second to do on Photoshop. Coloring takes, you know, just fill in the stuff and it'll take you half the time that it takes to do by hand. That's what I've noticed at least when, the differences from making a comic completely by hand and just using a little bit by program compared to uh, making a whole comic just on, on Photoshop. Are you still ever printing and publishing on like a hard copy like that? I do want to. Um, so for the daily comics and then uh, the one shot comics that I've been doing, I do want to get them printed out. It's just a money thing that I need to save up and uh, so I can at least print a few copies out. Uh, so, yeah, I do want to print those. What's a one-shot comic? The, the term I see it used most is usually with manga. So that's uh, Japanese comics. And it's usually just a, a short comic uh, that the illustrator does before they do a really long series. Um, and so I've been doing one shot comics to help me kind of uh, discipline myself with completing projects. And so they're pretty much 24 to 50 pages long. They're not very long comics or stories. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's what I use 
as far as terming what they are is one shot comics. It sort of sounds to me like a, like a pilot for a TV show or a proof of yeah. concept short film that you pitch for a feature. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So how, how we're going to reveal all my ignorances about this. It's going to be so fun. Um, <laughs> manga, how is manga not anime or is it? Mm. Uh, so manga is, like I said, it's, it's just Japanese comics. So it's pretty much the difference between comics and animation. Okay, so if I was reading, um, like if I'm looking at a webtoon and I think, oh, that looks like anime, I'm really looking at manga. I'm just crossing over a moving picture term to a static picture. Yeah, yeah. And it's really weird with web comics because uh, they come from a bunch of different places. Like there's Japanese ones, there's Chinese ones, there's American ones. And so it's it's still pretty much a comic, I think, at least to me. It's just on the Internet. <laughs> How are those things kind of different? And, and if you had to categorize what you're doing, what do you what do you think you're influenced by? Is it more of a Japanese look or in a United States look or? Yeah, it's a mix, honestly. Um, so when I was younger, I was really influenced by uh, mangas because I was reading them when I was a kid and things like that. And so my style, it was a lot more manga-like, like the girls had big eyes and, you know, sparkles and things like that. The hair was really flowy. And then once I got into college, I really started to kind of find my own style, even though, like, I still think I have a long ways to go. I started just implementing what I like in American style cartoons and things like that in animation and putting it towards my own style. And so I kind of, I feel like it's a mix of both. It's a mix of the Japanese influence in manga and anime and also the influence that I grew up with American cartoons and comics. Where are you hoping to go? Um, like what, I don't know if you have it as articulate as like a five-year plan or or if it's more of just like a general um, thing, but like, mm-hmm. like what's your dream with this? Yeah, so, well, as far as like short-term goals, what I've been looking into is, uh, so with the audience that I've gained on Webtoons, I'd really like to, my next goal is to get, a comic featured on webtoons and hopefully talk to start talking to editors there and start pitching ideas for a longer term comic uh, and get it featured on there. Uh, As far as like the nitty gritty, I'm not sure how much they make or, you know, what the process is, but I'd like to slowly gain towards that goal and figure out, you know, find out, you know, who can I talk to and just the process of it. That's, as far as my short-term goal, that's the goal I'm wanting to go towards. And as far as what I'd like to accomplish uh, with comics is the dream is to inspire other people. And for me especially, I've always uh, really liked those moments where, you know, someone who isn't totally into comics reads it and likes it and, you know, starts being more curious about other stories is inspired by seeing your work. That's kind of like the dream that I'd really like to accomplish is getting more people that don't usually read comics and start getting them interested in them because it's such a cool, it's such a cool space. You know, um, there's a lot of people that are really inspirational uh, that I've really looked 
uh, up to, especially Japanese mangaka and things like that, that work so hard to make their stories. And so, yeah, that's the, the bigger dream that I have with comics. What is the Utah... Is that is there a comic book scene for creators? I know that I know where to go to buy comics. I've seen mm-hmm. the stores, and um, I'm a big board game person, so they're often like right next to each other, if not the same <laughs> shop. Do you have a community? Where, where is somebody who wanted to be interested in in this? What kind of local resources do they have? There is. I was looking for the same thing. You know, I'm like, where are the people that are making comics here in Utah? So there is the Utah Indie Comics Facebook group uh, that I found just recently. Um, There's a bunch of people that are making projects. Uh, Just Smart Smiley is on there, too. I don't know if you know him. But so a lot of indie creators that are making comics are on that Facebook page. Um, But I was just recently on Meetup. And I was looking through the groups and I'm like, why aren't there any comic groups here? And so honestly, I just went on there and I just made one. Uh, I made one for comic book creators. Uh, We were on there for like two years and we've really have grown into a group of people that are interested in making comics uh, and are currently doing projects and things like that. There are definitely groups out there. And if there aren't, don't be afraid to start one. I definitely am so grateful that I that I went through and made a group and I met a lot of cool people there. So yeah, I think just there are there are groups out there. They're not too many, but um, I think even the heebie-jeebies in Ogden have a little group that do draw nights where you can go over there to the comic book store and you can draw. There's also Salt Lake Drawing on Facebook. That's just a, a group that goes out to coffee shops and they go out to draw. Um, so I think really just getting into the scene of people, of groups that draw, you'll find people that are also doing comics and things like that. They are out there. <laughs> Since interviewing Alondra, I've commissioned work from her for a comic book of a story of my own. I love learning about new things while trying them out. I'm not very good at learning unless I can learn by doing. When Alondra sent over the storyboards, I was over the moon. I've been a storyteller in so many ways over the years, mostly with dance or music or theater or film or the written or spoken word. But I am not good at drawing, not even a little bit. It was so thrilling to see a story from my head that I translated into words, then get converted to pictures through someone else's head and hands. It was the same kind of creative euphoria that I get staging a theater piece. Something like, yes, that's where I was headed, but this is even better because this is a few steps further down the path than I could see on my own. Like I told Alondra, I'm new to comics, but as a reader at least, and maybe as a storyteller, I think I'm staying here a while. Thank you to my guest Alondra Lopez. Alondra, I really appreciate you talking with me today and answering my super basic questions. I I just think that it's a cool thing that somehow I've not been in the know on about at all. Mm. And for me, that's intimidating in a way. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, reaching out. You can help more people find In the Telling by leaving a review on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast delivery platform. 
Find out more about In the Telling at lizzylizzyliz.com. Subscribe to the In the Telling podcast channel on YouTube for bonus content. Theme music by Gordon Vetus. In the Telling is hosted and produced by me, Liz Christensen. Thanks for listening. 